time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. The 49ers defense has been the common staple throughout the Shanahan experience on you know where they dominate, whether they invest all their first-round capital there, the amount of people that they continue to bring in at this D-line position. But I think there's been one thing that they've been missing. You can go back to 2019. A speed-edge rusher. Yeah, the D-Ford saga, man, it was a roller coaster. And it sucks the way that it played out. But you saw this little glimpse of greatness when you had that opposite of Nick Bosa. The 49ers went out and got not one, but two speed, pure edge rushers this year. And we're going to focus today, number 73 on our roster countdown defensive end, Austin Bryant. Defensive edge only, um, 6'5", 250. And shout out to the man Josh, the 49ers guru, for being the executive producer of today's show and background and research. Man, he, he's crushed it. Austin Bryant's interesting because he played with one of the most talented defensive lines in college football history at Clemson. I, I mean, it, unreal how many of those players went on and had a lot of success at the NFL level. Now he's back with one of his teammates, Cleveland Farrell. But Austin Bryant is just a pure speed guy, uh, not a complete defensive end, and that's not a knock. It's just what he is. He's a speed guy. Has not panned out the NFL level. He's wearing jersey number 56 for the 49ers currently, and again, 6'5", 250, 34-inch arms. He's got some long arms, man. He's 26 years old, though. It's not like he's been in the league for a minute, but hasn't had success. He's still, he's still got time. Now, he, he hurt his pec during his combine, so he never got, like, all the official 40s, 10 yards, three cones, verts, all that stuff. You basically got height, weight, arm length. That's it. Now, it's a very small sample size to judge uh, comparisons, but why not? Let's do it anyway. Went to mock draftable, entered in his height, weight, arm length, age, all that kind of stuff. Listen to this. 99% match just on those small things in small field. Frank Alexander, 99% match with Duke Ejiofor, who had a brief stint with the 49ers on their practice squad. But uh, probably the most fascinating thing I found on there, an 88.7% match with none other than Alden Smith. Does he play like Alden Smith? No. But the arm length, the height, the weight, very, very similar. Now, he came out of South Georgia, South Georgia, Thomas County Central High School in Thomasville, Georgia. It's like right above the Florida uh, Panhandle state line. So it's basically Florida, but super southern Georgia. Uh, the Bulldogs down there um, was a three-star recruit. And, you know, he played high school basketball. He's athletic. He's tall. He's got long arms. It makes a lot of sense. He was a three-star recruit. I think he was the 20th player in Georgia um, on their rankings coming out in high school. Chose to go to Clemson. And part of one of the all-time recruit classes, NFL, you know, two-time college football national champion in 2016 and 2018. Um, he graduated with a degree in management. And he's interesting because, again, he, he performed better at Clemson, he was part of their two-deep rotation his freshman year. So he showed up at Clemson and was already getting snaps early. Pro <coughs> excuse me, Probably his best performance was in the Cotton Bowl, uh, Clemson versus um, Notre Dame in 2018. He was out outstanding defensive player of the, uh, of the game. He had six tackles, three tackles for loss, two sacks, just went off, off the charts good. 
Um, third team all at ACC in 2018. Second team all at ACC in 2017. First team all American 2017. He's got the skins on the wall at the college level, but he was always playing second fiddle to guys like Cleveland Farrell. He went top four. Christian Wilkins. A lot of guys that came through there. I could keep going. He was never the, – the spotlight was never on him. He gets drafted in the fourth round, uh, pick 15 in the fourth round by the Detroit Lions in 2019. Got injured his first year, and it just – it was bad. Um, you know, He's played in 10 games his first two seasons. Not good. His NFL career, bad. 65 tackles, four and a half sacks, one pass breakup. You know, if you look at just his transactions – it was just on and off the IR with Detroit to eventually they put him on, you know, the pup list. And then they were finally like, we're done. So on March 14th, 2023, um, he finally was able to become, uh, you know, a free agent. And the Niners picked him up very, very soon. Now, they signed him for a one-year, $1.1 million deal. That's what the Niners paid him. 550000 of that is guaranteed. Now, if I was to say, like, just a $1.1 million deal, yeah, it's nothing. The guarantee is, is kind of a big deal. You look at guys like Kerry Hyder that they brought back, all those things, like, they got zero guaranteed money. So this, this was a prized kind of pick. Um, it, like, they paid guaranteed. It's low budget, but still, he's, he's played in 33 games. He's only got six starts. It just hasn't worked out. But he's got the bend. He's got the burst. He, that's what he brings. Length and burst off the edge. The Niners haven't had that. Now, I was really excited about this signing. And you're saying, well, John, you seem excited, but he's number 73 on the, the roster. Well, whenever they drafted Robert Bill Jr. edge out of Georgia, that's when it was just like, ooh, ouch. Because he's Austin Bryant, but younger. With more upside. And faster. So it's interesting. I, I'm not quite sure the 49ers would keep two pure speed edge rushers in Austin Bryant and Robert Bill Jr. It's possible because the edge position by far, you got Nick Bosa there, right? So you got the defensive player of the year there. But the edge position just by itself, if you look at it collectively, not a lot of depth. I think there's only three locks. You got Nick Bosa, Drake Jackson, and Cleveland Farrell, his college teammate at Clemson. Um, they paid two and a half million dollars for. So I think those three are locks. After that, Kerry Hyder, no guaranteed money, but he's got the history. Robert Bill Jr., he's the draft pick, the biggest hit to you know Austin Bryant's status. Daryl Johnson Jr., they just picked up. And then Alex Barrett, career kind of practice squad special teamer versatility guy. Not a lot of guys there at the edge position. And I still think by far one of the most shallow positions, if not the shallowest, on the 49ers roster. It's very top-heavy. So there's spot for Austin Bryant to make this 53. There is. But, man, I just think with the pick of Robert Bill Jr., it makes this a little bit more of an expendable pick. Um, and the sad thing is this. If Austin Bryant doesn't catch on here and kind of be the next in the Chris Kucerich line of, you know, uh, reviving careers, it could be his last stop in the NFL, which I don't, I don't want that to be. He's only 26. So I'm hoping he gets some snaps um, in game time. Do I think that he'll make the 53? 
Ooh, it's a coin flip. But even if he does, the rookie, Robert Bill Jr., could take a lot of his snaps. So we'll just have to see what this is going to be. But the thing that I started this show with and I want to end on, if Austin Bryant or Robert Bill Jr. can fulfill that speed edge rush role opposite of Bosa, this defense could return. I don't want to say return to greatness. They were first in points scored, first in yards allowed last year, which is great. But, man, it's weird to say they had the best defense by a wide margin in 2022, but they were still missing something. Could this be that little bitty extra spice that unlocks greatness with this defensive line mm, and defense as a whole? I hope so. I hope Austin Bryant can show what his talent is worth. Uh, the injuries have stopped him, but, man, I want to see him. Number 73 on our roster countdown, Austin Bryant. And for us, we're just going to keep counting him down. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or fight for home playoff court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. And Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you, and the rest of your entry stays live. There's lots of bets. Stephen Curry, over 27.5 points. Draymond Green, will he make one three-pointer or no? Very easy things to bet. Download the app today and use code 49ers. For a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the Prize Picks app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. To number 72. Uh, sticking with the defensive line, we've got undrafted free agent Spencer Wagey. Uh, I've heard it pronounced Wagey. I've heard it pronounced Wage. The amount of time that I've looked through pronunciation guides to not figure out the correct answer, I apologize. But this kid's fun. Superman. That's what we're going to call him. That's his nickname. Comes out as an undrafted free agent from where? Eh, North Dakota State. Uh, was teammates with Trey Lance. We'll get into some of that. The show's producer today is Josh, the 49ers guru. He has crushed it once again. And it's funny because Spence, Superman was on the back end of the draft. You know, possible sixth, seventh round undrafted free agent. He says, quote, I got an undrafted free agent deal done with the Niners during the seventh round of the draft. I knew where I was going before the draft was actually over. And they told friends and family they were all really excited for me. And quote, um, this is a peek behind the curtain of the way it works. You've got your draft picks and all those things. The Niners had several seventh-round picks, but they were negotiating with Superman himself during that process. Now, we've got him 72. He's an interesting guy. He wound up with jersey number 69 for the 49ers. Nice. Um, now that McGlinchey's gone, that is available. But he played 99 his entire career. And if you, you know, just a little bit of time going through his Twitter and Instagram, just 
try to figure out kind of what his interests are. J.J. Watt is everywhere, so <laughs> very easy to see, you know, being from the upper Midwest and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the way he plays, it kind of fits. It fits. He's 6'5", 280, 32-inch arms, 24 years old. He is actually older than Trey Lance, which is hilarious because he's got this quote. He said, quote, it's kind of weird for me because Trey, obviously, when he came to Fargo, he was a rookie, and I was one of the old guys. You know, Superman was there for six years. He had his redshirt year. He had his COVID exemption year. Then the four years that he played. One of those he was injured, but he was there for six years. So he was at North Dakota State before Trey and there after three years when Trey was gone. Um, Pick it back up with this. He says, uh, quote, he was one of the rookies. I was one of the old guys that I could tell to do and make him go get things or whatever. Now it's kind of funny how the roles have kind of reversed. Um where I'm going to be a rookie, and I'm sure he's going to get a little payback for some of those days up in Fargo, end quote. That is awesome. Uh, and just, you know, not only the perspective that that provides for Superman Spencer here, but also Trey Lance, um, and just how quickly and how young and inexperienced Lance is, it's it's just different. Now, um, he ran a 4.91 40-yard dash, which is good for an interior guy. Now, Spencer played almost exclusively on the edge, uh, defensive left side. That's basically all that he played. The Niners have been working him out inside. So this is a project move. He's a good edge player, but he doesn't have the speed slash bend that they want at that edge spot. So they're going to try to beef him up a little bit more. Again, 6'5", 280. So if you could add a good 10 to 15 pounds to him, teach him to anchor, which he was never really asked to do at North Dakota State. It's a project. That's what it is. Now, going back with some more measurables, 166 in the 10-yard, not great. 7.19 in the three-cone, pretty good. Pretty damn good for a big dude like that. 32-inch vertical, um, 23 reps on the bench press. He's a big cat. He's from South Dakota, grew up in Watertown, uh, the Fighting Arrows. I love that mascot. Um, And he graduated general agriculture, which – that's kind of the life that this kid, he was born on a cattle farm, raised. Uh, I read this really cool story where his dad would tell him and his brothers to go catch goats uh, for exercise. Like he would literally put them in a pin and say, all right, who can catch the goat first? Uh, things like that. Uh, you know, They kind of laughed about it. But that, you know, Spitzer joked like, yeah, I kind of got some of my agility from that and, you know, tracking down these animals. Um, and the funny thing, he was a small kid. Dad didn't play football, went from a football family. And he always wanted to be a kicker. That was like his thing as a kid. He would walk around and just practice kicking field goals and, you know, kicking the ball and hitting different things. That's what he wanted to do. But then he hit several growth spurts, one in high school. Then he hit another growth spurt his kind of junior year in college. And he realized, like, okay, now my weight's up there. Kicker's probably not going to be the way that I make this football thing work. He was a two-star recruit. Um, and ended up going to North Dakota State over um, SDSU, you know, the rivalry there, especially coming from South Dakota. That that must have been a very difficult transition. Uh, as I said, his nickname is Superman. I just want to read through some of his accolades because he's got a lot. Um, senior captain in high school, check that off the box. Niners love that stuff. Um, you know, his, his final season 
with North Dakota State. He had nine sacks, 17 and a half tackles for loss, helped them to the national championship game where they lost to his hometown team, South Dakota State. Um, cousins with Tyson and Taylor Zemlika, uh, who are linebackers at Northern State University. He was on the honor roll not once, not twice, not three times, but four times. So the captain check mark, the grades check mark, he's got those. Two-time FCS All-American, 2022 Commissioner's Academic Excellence Award. He was the 2018 All-Newcomer Team for the Mountain Valley Football Conference. 2019 um, Honorable Mention. And it just goes on and on. He was the FCS Freshman All-America Team. He's got all these different words. The Hero Sports FCS All-American. Athlon Sports FCS All-American. Phil Still FCS All-American. On and on and on and on and on. Um, he was he played at the Hula Bowl, which is very very important for the Niners. They love to see these players get time, you know, playing in these games against other players that are going to be NFL quality. Um, and you know, he said whenever he talked about the 49ers, he said, "quote The 49ers by far were the team that showed the most interest in me before pro day." Um, during and after my pro day. I had Zooms with their assistant D-line coach. They had by far shown the most interest, and that's part of the reason why me and my agent wanted to do deal with them, end quote. So this was something, and there's ties. You've got Trey Lance. Obviously, that's a huge connection. I'm sure they know each other very well. But that's not the only 49ers connection. This is weird, especially coming from Watertown, South Dakota is tiny, tiny, tiny. I mean, it's super small. But there's another guy on the 49ers organization, Dustin Little, who is the head athletic trainer for the 49ers now for four years. They know each other well. Um, so Superman says, quote, it's funny because Dustin, the head athletic trainer for the 49ers, his sister was actually just in my brother's wedding a couple weeks ago. Um, Dustin and I had cousins that grew up in Castlewood, and we've known them forever too. So it's got a lot of connections there, end quote. So, like, it's easy to understand why he was on their radar, the inside tracks. You know, you've got multiple checklists of knowing this guy. Six years. He played a lot. Uh, this dude played in 57 career games for the Bison, who are a great, great program. Um, he finished with 138 tackles, 42 tackles for loss. He plays behind the line of scrimmage. Now, it's an edge. He played as an edge the whole entire time, but... He's aggressive, very aggressive. 20 and a half career sacks, four pass breakups, five forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, two block kicks. And if you go back to his high school stats, when I was looking that up, I found five block kicks in high school. He's a big dude. Um, he's a big dude. Think J.J. Watt, right? He's a J.J. Watt super light. That's just what he is. Now, I did a tape breakdown. And for Patreon members, if you want to go watch this, just type in Spencer Wage in the the search field on our Patreon page, and it'll pull up. I did a whole breakdown on him. Here are my notes from watching Superman play. Fun player that gets after it on the edge. Now, again, remember, Niners are putting him at defensive tackle. So he's got to bulk up. This is a one- to two-year project. Very streaker, could take very streaky, could take over possessions all by himself. Negative of that is he's either hot or he's cold. He disappears for some drives, and then other drives you're like, gosh, this is the best player on the field. Very demonstrative. He talks trash nonstop. He loves to hit everybody. If he's running by a lineman, he's 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 shoving them. It's just what it is. Good hands and bend for an interior guy. No clue how he's going to fend off double teams on the inside. 
one of the biggest issues with 49ers defensive line play, we don't stack the box. So a lot of other teams will do, you know, an eight-man box. Niners almost rarely ever do that. We do four D linemen and two or three linebackers. That's it. So the defensive tackles, that's why it's such a big deal for the Niners to play defensive tackle. You face more double teams, the duo in the run, because they don't have to account for eight guys. We just got six or seven. So that's one of the things, like, if, if my biggest question mark, if I could answer, can Superman stop double teams in the run game? If the answer is yes, this dude's going to be around for a while. If he cannot adapt to that, because never had to do it in college, he's going to be on his way out. Um, again, going to need to gain a lot of weight and strength. Two-year project player. Uh, that's just what it is. And so it's hard to see outside of that. Now, the Niners like him. He got $50,000 bonus uh, guaranteed money which was fifth on the undrafted free agent list. So it kind of puts him on the scale of undrafted free agents where his priority was. Um, now, look at that depth chart at the defensive tackle spot. It's the best in the NFL. Hargrave, Armstead, Kinlaw, Kevin Givens. Those four are locks. Kevin Givens started week one for us last year. Now he's our number four. Maybe our number three. Might be ahead of Kinlaw. He's pretty damn good. Now, then you've got guys, Kalia Davis, T.Y. McGill, Marlon Davidson, Kerry Hyder, Alex Barrett. I'm not sure where Spencer fits in. My assessment is I think that he is the Alex Barrett kind of replacement long-term. We'll see how soon that can happen, though. But Spencer, wagey, wagey, super bad. I don't care how you say his name. He's incredible. Fun watch. Go check him out on Patreon. And uh, for us, we'll just keep counting him down. Up to number 71 on the 49ers roster countdown of 2023, and we have another undrafted free agent. This is kind of the realm of where we're at. You've got your future contract guys that we've kind of gone through most of those. Now we're into the undrafted free agent territory, and we've got Corey Luciano, interior offensive lineman, probably going to be a center only, could play some guard, um, has played some guard in the past. But uh, shout out to Josh, the 49ers guru, who uh, just – Absolutely killing this series. Did a great job on research on this one. But I'll be honest, there's not a lot out there on Corey Luciano. Even if you look through his social medias and things, his Instagram's private. <laughs> That's just not really who this kid is. I can't tell you this, though. He rocks a mean mullet. Uh, he's got one of those just awesome looks uh, that just fits interior offensive line play. Um, he's wearing jersey number 61 for the 49ers. He's got good size and weight, 6'4", 307, which is ideal. Uh, that can play center, can play both guard spots. Now he's got 32-inch arms. That's going to move him away from any tackle prospects whatsoever. And he is already 24, which seems to be a very common thread the last two drafts and undrafted players because everybody got that COVID exemption. So you're seeing guys that were around for four, five, even six years with the red shirt process as well. Now he's not fast, which usually is a pretty big staple of the 49ers offensive lineman. He moves decent. Well on tape. It's not bad, but it's not his best trait. He ran a 5.3 40 yard dash, which isn't bad. 1.87 10 yard. That is bad. 7.73 cone. All right. That's pretty average for a guy. 300 pounds verticals, 31 inches. That's solid. Eight um, eight foot, nine inch broad jump, 23 bench press reps, nothing really jumping out physically as far as measured 
traits that you could look at and say, oh, this is where he will win. That's not it. He's a film guy. And we have already done one full breakdown over on Patreon. So if you haven't checked that out yet, just go to patreon.com slash 49ers rush podcast in the little search field on our thing. You just type in Corey Luciano enter and that will pull up that video there. So now he was a priority undrafted free agent, but on the lower end, um, he only got $10,000 guaranteed contract, which made him eighth out of 11 of the initial undrafted free agents that they brought in. So it doesn't seem like this young gentleman will be promised a roster spot on the 53. I think far from it. We have him 71. 53 guys get a stay. We have him on the outside looking in. There's no doubt about that. Now he's from Danville, California. Went to Monta Vista High School here in California. Um, and, you know, led his team as a senior to a Division One championship um, on the North Coast section of, you know, the whole CIA and all that stuff. So he's done really, really well. But after that, he went to Diablo Valley College, a junior college um, in 2017, then transferred to the University of Washington, the Huskies. Um, while he was there, goodness, this dude, he's graduated Associate of Administration of Justice and a Bachelor's in Political Science. This dude's business-minded. His LinkedIn is on point. Um, interned at the Alethian Wealth Advisors in Investment Strategies, things like that. He's coached flag football leagues. He's refed flag football leagues. Somebody that's very, very active, but doesn't really like the spotlight to be on him, it seems like. Um, not that he shies away from it or anything like that, but he's not one of those people that's like, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me, uh, which again, fits with interior offensive line play. Now, he was a three-star recruit, but after his time at Diablo Valley Junior College, he was huge. He was the number one JC offensive guard transfer in the country. Um, chose to go to the University of Washington. He was number 25 JC recruit in the country. And as soon as he showed up there, moved to center because of an injury, and then it didn't look back. Um, started two years plus at the center position. Um, 2022 All-Pac-12 honorable mention, All-Pac-12 third team. Um, he's got a lot of accolades there. And probably my favorite thing about Corey Luciano. He earned the Earl T. Gray Tough Husky Award at the team's postseason awards banquet. And it shows on tape. He is a fun Fun, fun watch. Um, he, here's what I – now, he played in 34 college games, so he's got some experience, and that's after transferring from junior college, right? He's a Jake Brindle mini-me. Not as athletic, a little bit slower, but he wins in pass protection. That is what he hangs his hat on. Great in pass pro. Not good. He is a great pass protector. However, and this is kind of the transition that Kyle Shanahan and the offense is taking – He's not an excellent run blocker. He's a good run blocker, but way better in pass pro. Moves well in space, but not amazing. He's not your hyper-athletic center like an Alex Mack that can get out there and do all kinds of things. It's not who he is. He is a great pass-protecting center. That is what makes him stand out. Now, his offensive coordinator, Ryan Grubb, said, quote, Corey has done a really good job. He's been a real vocal leader in workouts and things like that, end quote. So the leadership is there. The experience is there. The toughness mindset is there. The intelligence is there. He's got all of those things. But it's a real uphill climb. Um, you brought him in. The low guarantee kind of tells you a lot that, hey, maybe perhaps Corey could blossom 
into something that is beautiful, but it's going to take time. If we're looking at the center depth chart, which is where I think he's going to kind of land a spot, the guard depth is just, I don't think he could get close to penetrating that. So if we're just looking at the center depth chart, Jake Brindle just signed an extension. He's the guy. Corey Luciano and Nick Zakel, they're kind of fighting for that backup center role. And I think it's very possible that Nick Zakel will be the backup center. John Valenciano will be the backup to both guards. Then who? We've already done Keith Ishmael. Um, in this series, he's a center as well. And Corey Luciano, I think those two guys are kind of fighting for that center role on the practice squad. Keith Ishmael and Corey Luciano, that's what it is. So, do I think he will make this 53 man roster? I do not. I don't even think that he has an opportunity to get very, very close to it. However, this is a developmental play to provide depth at one of the most crucial positions on an offense, and that's the center. And Kyle Shanahan values the center very, very much. And so it's just constantly building that depth and churning the backside of this roster so that you will have options. It wasn't, I think it was three years ago, we went through five centers before we even got to week one of the NFL a season. So if something like that happens again, you're talking about somebody that would be starting week one. He's that caliber of player, but the roster is in much better shape than it used to be. So Jake Brendel, John Feliciano, Nick Sakel, then you're talking fighting for that number four spot at the center. So practice squad's probably where he's going to be. Thank you again, Josh, the 49ers guru. And for us here, we'll just keep counting them down. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.